0: do you think we could end up with a smart home system where Alexa and Siri or Alexa and Google Home are like bitch please Jesus Christ Doc, you disintegrated Einstein disintegrated Einstein and Einstein
1: Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best-loved and most-headed movies. I'm Frida, in person.
0: I'm Abby, in person. (laughs) And this week's movie is Avengers Age of of Ultron. Ultron. (laughs) Okay, do forgive us, this is going to be a giddy episode. We are actually... Literally looking at each other in a studio yes. in London. I can see her human physical being right there. And Frida can't handle it. I think she she told me that she's well rested from the flight. I think she might be a little bit broken. <laughs> Just maybe. I can't handle this. <laughs> I mean, you did sit with, with your like facing the wall away from me at the start.
1: So... I know. I'm like in a position that I have to crane my neck to look at Abby. Why aren't I just... First of all, why didn't I sit across from you? I don't know. You (laughs) sat all the way over there. That was your choice. (laughs) I am literally sitting the furthest away (laughs) I can possibly be sitting.
0: I just thought it was a cute
1: angle. I don't know. It's funny. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm here. (laughs) I got on a plane. I slept in a space capsule. Yes. In Bangkok. Absolutely the best thing ever. It's it's a room that is exactly the size of a queen-size bed. With a very calming blue light. Mm.
0: Was it calming?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. But you could turn it off. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> and they gave you earbuds. Oh, that's nice. Because there was, um, it was like the sound of... Um, announcements, airport announcements, and the sound of flip-flops constantly. Oh. Because <laughs> they gave you these flip-flops. Every now and then you'd hear someone flip-flopping by and then an <laughs> announcement. And so you'd had earphones, two very big, very comfortable pillows, a great blanket, comfortable mattress. Brilliant. Very nice. Five out of five would do again. Amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, when you're going to have a long layover like that. Also, if you're going to have the opportunity to make uh, the weirdest collection of uh, videos (laughs) that has ever graced our Instagram stories and now or TikTok, because I 100% by now will have put that on TikTok. I'm going to do it straight away today. (laughs) Very excited about it. It is hilarious. I'm trying to make you proud. It's just the next stage in the evolution of your space therapy. Yes. It was very well done. I'm quite proud of you. Thank you. What do we do now? Should we talk about a movie? Okay. Yeah. We could talk more about how we are, but you know, let's let's say let's save it.
1: I don't know. So weird. Know.
0: <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Guys, we've recorded via Zoom for 2 years. Yeah. 2 years.
1: <laughs> we haven't seen each other in person since we worked together.
0: Yeah. Which and that that will have been like two and a half years ago now, nearly. What do I look like? I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> you And you look like that. You look like that. I know, you so see you're seeing me without my zoom filters. <laughs> the smoothing of the lines. <laughs> I'm suddenly so
1: self conscious of the fact that I sat. As far away from you as possible. <laughs> and now I have to deal with the craning in my neck the whole time. I had to be doing side-eyed happy the whole time. We why can, did I do that? If you want, we can pause and you can no, move. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay.
0: All right. Okay. Well, why don't you adjust yourself and I'll do a movie summary? Okay. All right. We're back with the Hydra busting A-team. Running like a well-oiled machine, dropping bad guys and F-bombs when Cap's not around. And the after-parties are to die for. But we have some new additions to that superhero life, and when Wanda gets in your head, she not only lives there rent-free, she rearranges the furniture and eats all your food. Playing on the team's insecurities and paranoias, fractures start to show. It turns out that when it comes to peace in our time, not everyone is on the same page. The manifestations of Stark's fears and desperation come to life as Ultron, the ultimate peacekeeping AI, tasked with protecting humanity from the threats of the world and other worlds. Unfortunately, Ultron realizes that the biggest threat is humanity itself. The battle to stop the total destruction of Earth via a weaponized asteroid, novel idea if nothing else, a new being is created Vision. The combination of Jarvis, Ultron, and the Mind Stone. Sacrifices are made, new relationships formed, allies recruited, and Earth is safe for one more day. But do the fractures ever fully heal? Mm. Do you like how I made that sound like very serious for a movie that I'm pretty sure you're about to shit on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I... um. <clears throat> I really tried so hard with this movie. <laughs> like I sat down with so much eagerness and trying really really hard and there was a point which we can I'll tell you what the point was. There was a point where I was like I'm losing it. I'm really trying, but it went on. And and then I looked at my I looked at the timer at that point to be like is this going to wrap up soon and it was 54 minutes left. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> like it uh, I had it was it was there was pain but um not that much pain okay I'll take not that much not that much pain like I've had much worse than that (laughs) this week in fact (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) gee I wonder what you might be talking about (laughs) (laughs) but I but I I really tried so hard I just want to say I tried so hard and okay. I watched this with breath. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I believe you. And, I, and I'm proud of you for,
1: for having watched it. I really want to move over. I, I really, after our um, absolute disaster of Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> I've been really <laughs> feeling very guilty. I've been feeling like properly guilty. I'm like, I'm being too hard. I'm being too hard. It's mean. And I'm like really, really trying. But I was in pain. Okay. Not that much pain. Okay.
0: I think the truth is that this, like, even for me, and I still enjoy this movie, but it's definitely a lot more forced. And after watching okay. like The Avengers itself as a movie, like that was such a a first time. it It's such a good movie in terms of the first time they come together. It was unique. There was something really exciting about it. So the second time had to be different. And, and I can see where they were going with the story and I can see what the intentions were in terms of starting to sow the seeds of discord between them and their relationships and, and and story building in terms of moving forward. But it was definitely more kind of felt like we have to recreate the formula or recreate the the joke and the feel and the environment. Oh, yeah. But um, at times it was just kind of like, nah, I'm trying a little bit too hard here.
1: Mm. I also don't know necessarily sometimes I get confused as to like who this is for. Yeah. Because for example, when they had like extended fighting action sequences. And so I'm like, who is this for? And and is it the same people like the scenes where they're a bit more chatty and there's a bit more like character development. I sometimes I get confused like it's like it's trying to be something higher than just an action superhero smashy movie, but it still can't help. Yeah over in the like smash bang smash bang like what well, you see you've got
0: to remember that no matter what we think of with the movies there, all of these movies are based on comic book characters and comic book storylines that have existed since the 40s that have existed for 80 years so there is like an 80 year mm. backtrack true of storylines with all of these characters that people are really connected to Mm -hmm. the whole like phases of Marvel the whole like bringing you through these these uh, moments where they introduced characters where they had people in the same universe meet each other like it's really unique to the way a movie works so that Mm -hmm. is exciting and introducing Quicksilver and Wanda
1: is very exciting
0: to people who understand that and know the canon and know who they are from the comic books mm-hmm. you know Um, and I think people get excited about that and I think it doesn't really matter what age you are so kids will get excited about it because it's a smashy bang bang movie with magic and superheroes and then the adults who read it as comic books will be like oh my god this is so cool look at it people hmm. to life
1: let that's me, how I feel let me ask you a question Yeah. do you like the smashy bang? yeah okay shall we do um uh, how, how
0: about anything that you liked about the movie?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Were there things? Did you Yes. stuff? Okay, cool. Okay, go on. Well, there was some concept in the movie that I thought were great. The asteroid, that I just think that as an idea. Yeah. It was cool. I liked the, the whole idea of Ultron, I, uh, but but the introduction that comes at the end of the party scene. That was my favourite part of the movie. Yeah. The party scene is the best part of the movie. It is. Absolutely. It's so and, – and after that it gets much messier. Mm. It gets kind of messy. But when he walks out at the end of the party like that, yeah, it was amazing. And then I did – I felt like it got a bit downhill. Loved the party scene. It's, I mean it was like a huge relief <laughs> from all the fighting and all the danger they're always in. It was like a huge relief just to yeah. see them at a party
0: normal it's so weird isn't it it's just like oh look you you guys like hang out together mm-hmm. so yeah, that, yeah that's that's really
1: cool the lifting the hammer thing yeah that oh that's such a good scene it's such a good scene and and thor's thor's like simple ex- explanation you are all not worthy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, i just want to say one of my favorite things about the party scene is roadie's joke boom <sighs> are you looking for this I explained to Raph so many times. He's like, "But what's funny about Boom looking for this?" And I was like, "It's, it's that's the punchline. We don't know the story. The fact is that the joke is." I was like explaining to Raph <laughs> yes. what was funny about it. He did not understand it. It was too Aww. abstract. It was Aww. just so abstract.
0: It's my favorite. But I just <laughs> think it's so Boom. funny.
1: <laughs> you looking for this? Um. <laughs>
0: Also on the on the hammer lifting scene I really really enjoy as well where they turn around to Nat and they're like you're up and she's like no that's not a question i need answered. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. Just, I just love that line.
1: That masculinity. Yeah. Uh do you have anything else? Um party scene, boom, you looking for this. Um oh, i really liked so at the beginning when they were attacking was right at the beginning they were attacking all the slavs or whatever yeah and iron man shooting at all these slavic people and he goes that was a good talk guys and you hear like a groaning guy being like no it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) I, i do think that's like the funny thing about avengers is that they do the snappy comic book hero being like, hey, guys, can I talk? Pew, pew, pew. Good talk. But the thing about Avengers, which is funnier, is that they have some groaning yeah. guy on the floor saying, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of, that's what the Avengers brings.
0: Yeah. It's something a little bit extra, not just your standard kind of yeah. throwaway comments.
1: Yeah. I loved that bit.
0: All right. Let's talk about some of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, we we can talk a little bit about character progression in a minute. So let's talk about some introductions. Uh, a nod, okay. So two two nods and three mains for me. Uh, just a nod to Andy Circus.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> so South the African introduction that I cannot of do. <laughs> Black Panther. Mm. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, it's a nice little kind of lead into it without without it being Black Panther without anything Mm -hmm. but just kind of like here's our first connection to that world that's
1: how he lost his arm Mm. because I've seen Black Panther oh yeah yeah there you go yeah
0: that's a great scene as well I really enjoy that Mm -hmm. um and then another introduction we have is the first time we get to see Paul Bettany
1: in person yeah
0: (laughs) he's no longer a disembodied voice
1: Yes, Paul Bettany is no longer a disembodied voice. He has a body. A full-ass body. Does it count that he lifts the hammer? Interesting question they were asking. Yeah. Does it count because he's not a human?
0: I think what it does is it shows, I think it shows that the worthiness is not necessarily about, it, it shows that he doesn't have ill intentions. Right. It shows that vision At the very least. Yeah, that like we know that Ultron has ill intentions, but Vision doesn't have the capacity for evil. Okay. Do you know? He's not he is worthy based purely on the fact that he's his intentions are good. I, I that's how I feel about it.
1: I loved well g we'll talk more <clears throat> about the AIs later.
0: Yeah. Um so then we have to talk about the, the two twins that we get, mm. Pietro and Wanda Maximoff. All right, so Quicksilver is played by Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Wanda is played by Elizabeth Olsen.
1: How do we feel about our two new actors in the realm? I think Elizabeth Olsen brings so much mm-hmm. acting gravitas. She's so good. She's incredible. She's a powerhouse. Some of the scenes, the bits with her, are, apart from the, the, you know, like the party scene is fun and light, but in terms of like depth. Yeah. She crushes everybody. Yeah. With her emotional weight. Like Scarlett Johansson has some stuff, but I don't think she measures up to Elizabeth Olsen in terms of Elizabeth Olsen's ability to, as you yeah. Say,
0: like it's very exciting for me to hear you say that because Wanda becomes so important moving forward. Oh. And she's so, yeah. And you she's just, what you get to see coming from Wanda as we go through this is just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very exciting.
1: I thought the end, when she killed Ultron. Yeah. Her, with her grief, effectively. Yeah. I wrote grief underline, underline. Just I wrote that, and I was like, "What the hell was that refer- referencing?" <laughs> that just her, the, her grief—it was palpable, yeah. was unreal. Her Mark Raffalo, I think both of them are, are kind of a notch above everybody else. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. The uh, yeah, Pietro, I think that, yeah, he was fun, and I feel like the the special effects around his character were unbelievable. Yeah, so that sort of, uh, I think he was fine. It yeah, nothing special. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Her. Yeah, exactly. He didn't survive the film, but the special effects around him were so cool. So yeah. cool. My God. When they're going, when 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 it's tracking him and he sees the hammer and he's like, ah, oh. and, he, and he pulls it and the way it oh, just yeah. shoots him. <laughs> that was so good. It was so good. Um, okay. So
0: one other person that I just want to bring up, uh, mm. which we will talk about more later, but I have
1: to say James Spader. Who is it? Ultron. Okay. I didn't look it up. I wanted you to tell me. The vi- the voice was so familiar. I can hear it in my head right now. Yeah. James Spader. I love James Spader. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We should have done that for this miniseries. Why didn't we do Pretty in Pink? We missed it.
0: Oh, but it wasn't I don't know. Isn't he in that? I don't know. I've never I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, James Spader. Wait one um, minute. Okay.
1: James Spader is the hot jock in Molly Ringwald's Pretty in Pink, the okay. asshole. Okay. Okay, whatever. Fine.
0: I haven't seen it. Oh, we should have done it. Shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ultron's no, voice was. Uh, Altron's voice was. The voice acting was, was great. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It- Talk about it. yeah we
0: will yeah we will come back to it so we'll just leave it there for now I just I adore the fact that it was James Spader I he is perfection Mm. in this I genuinely feel like he every scene with Ultron I enjoy so much because of James Spader because of the way
1: he plays that in terms of voice acting yeah it's so good like in terms of compared to other roles of voice acting yeah this was so different so good compared compared to even what's his face Jarvis Jarvis yeah Jarvis is just pretty pretty one-dimensional
0: so that's the thing so we'll talk so yeah let's let's move on from that for now because Mm -hmm. we will come back to the whole AI thing a little bit later so let's Mm -hmm. just talk about themes Uh, I have a little thing that I wrote here regarding the themes right so my feeling is that what we're looking at here is in terms of how we're following the story we've seen the team come together We've seen the realities of of a world that knows alien warfare and gods exist. But Tony has been becoming, and we followed Tony through his story through the first three Iron Men and Avengers. And we've seen that he's been becoming more fearful and paranoid that he can't protect the world. While following Cap's story, we're seeing that he is becoming more accepting of his place in it, in terms of his role as the soldier and the protector. And, They want the same end, they both want peace in our time, but their ideas of how we get there and maintain it are starting to differ. It's not about a power play or a breaking of trust, but it's an indication that the ideologies don't exactly align for everyone on the team. So the first movie was The Coming Together, and this one is the establishment of individuals and individual ideas within the the team. That's just my personal feeling. Mm -hmm. How do you feel?
1: I felt like the group was much more fractured. Yeah. It was like you saw, and I think that on purpose, right, like that you saw very much that they were a collection of individuals mm. who were really on their own planet. Like everyone's in their own world. Everyone's there for different reasons. Everyone's motivated by different things. Yeah. they are all got some all, whole other thing going on.
0: And I think that's important because we never get to see that kind of stuff when it comes to these teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Movies always kind of, when they give us a team, they just go team, break team, fix team, done. But the fact that we're getting to see like this evolution of people and and how you can want the same things overall, but still have your individual kind of uh, worries, fears, desires and, mm-hmm. and dreams and everything and see... Can you put the two together? Because that's the reality of teams in this kind of way anyway. Like where, what is the future for the Avengers and what is the future for each individual person within the Avengers mm. is the Te- question.
1: Yeah. Teamwork is about balancing your own personal feelings, things that you want to accomplish and the group. Yeah. All right. So we should move into
0: tropes then. Okay. Mm. Right. Frida, what is your trope?
1: I have three. Okay. <laughs> One is very small. Basically in the whole, there was like some sort of explosion of images about the world's peace or world whatever and there was just like a Pope image in there and I just thought how true it was. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's number one. Number two is bullshit master plan that Wanda let Tony take the scepter so that he will make Ultron. Yeah, her plan. (laughs) I just was like, I don't, okay, I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, "It was my plan the whole time." And then my my third trope is I call it "coffee lab think montage." When (laughs) when they're doing ultra, and it's like Bruce Banner and Tony Stark, they're like thinking: press a button, sip of coffee, press a button, scratch head, press a button, sip of coffee, (laughs) thinking. Yeah. Although I was like, this looks fun. You look like you're being super productive. I definitely <laughs> want to be there with you guys. Looks really fun.
0: You've just you made me think of a scene in Big Bang Theory, and it's when Raj and Sheldon start working together, but they're yeah. both theoretical physicists, <sighs> so they're like, they do the whole like, oh, what is oh, what's the song? It's the dun 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 dun. Yeah, so it's like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. and every scene of them like working together is them just standing there staring at a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dun dun dun. It's just oh, yeah. it's really entertaining.
1: <laughs> but this one, they had buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Well coffee
0: experiments. You know, they better got to juice up and press some buttons. I love it.
1: <laughs> I want to do. I like. You know, real life, we're not, look, we're not actually getting anything done at all, let's be honest. Yeah. Another (laughs) cup of coffee? Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) This is me running my simulations right now. Just sitting there going, oh, let that run for half an hour, come back zero. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Another cup? Coffee? (laughs) All right, so my trope is the whole Eastern European slash, like, R- russian style slavic. slavic needing saving thing white savior complex but like you know what i mean what
1: it's mm-hmm. it's American, yeah. yeah you know but i like you, it was like a modern slavic country at least they weren't wearing good shaves tied onto yeah. their chin yes we should be grateful for that <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah they, it's just such a it's such a thing it's just always oh they and then the americans come in and then they save everyone yeah sure fine whatever <laughs> Ugh, it's weird to talk about that given the context of what's going on in the world right now but at the same time it's like it, it is just a classic trope yeah um, alright okay so shall we get into some science-y stuff then sure right yeah then right science is a theme environment thing I mean you just said about the montage I don't really have much to say about the environment um, there's like the mountain concrete lab thingy Mo bobber and then we have Tony's lab in Stark Tower uh, the only thing I really have to say is that I want Tony's lab <laughs>
1: I, um, how many times will his house get destroyed? (laughs) (laughs) Is all I have to say about that. And how many pianos? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) His poor plays. It just keeps getting destroyed. How many pianos
0: and cars does he have to go through? I know. (laughs) (laughs) He has unlimited resources, unlimited materials.
1: Still, but I, I do what I did want him to be like, again, yeah, it's always going to be my house. <laughs> I weird. was waiting for him to like make some kind of comment, break the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it just it just looks cool. I mean, sure. It's a lot of visual effects, I'm sure. And we talked about touch screen, like clear screens before. But now I'm kind of like, I kind of just want it. I'm wondering if I could make one. You try. <laughs> Don't you eye roll at me. Do you have anything else that you want to say in terms of like science environments?
1: Science environments. What was the con- concrete mountain? What did you say? What was it? Oh,
0: uh, where they went, where they found Hydra's weapons, where they find the twins. Oh, yeah. So there's like an underground kind of concrete building lab thing where they've got some of the, uh, the aliens from... From, oh, where well they had the big, yeah. that
1: big, it looked like was, it was suspended. Yeah. I said it looked like Burning Man art, and then I remember <laughs> what it was, but it 100% looked like an art piece in Burning Man. Did, was it um, Stryker's experiments? It was like yeah. a crossover, right? Yeah. So it was Colonel Stryker. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, nothing to add on that. Okay. Um. So, in terms
0: of scientists, uh, we can talk about our characters, but we do have an introduction of a new scientist, and that is in the form of Dr. Helen Cho, the geneticist. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I liked her. I- I'm sad. But the time it got to the her her big main bit at the end, I was like pretty checked out. Unfortunately, oh, okay, it was sad. Yeah, because that was her big event. Okay, and I was <laughs> like, I re- I wrote I wrote I'm checked out. All oh, right. <laughs> but I really liked her. Yes. She was like their medical doctor as well. No. Yeah. Well she She grew something. She grew yeah. back Hawkeye's body bit.
0: Yeah, so we, we yes, yeah, so we'll talk about that in a minute in terms yeah. of the regeneration cradle and how they kind of build vision. But yeah, that's what it is. She's mm. working on
1: technology that is yeah. flesh building. Yeah. I do like it was nice to see that they had another person who was like a medical thing or just any anybody. Because they all fight. It was nice to see other people a part of their team just for... Yeah. Uh, you know, like sometimes they need a doctor. Sometimes they need somebody else. It was nice. It's good.
0: Yeah. I like her bit as well at the uh, at the start. Are you coming to the party, Helen? No, no, I'm too busy. Uh, will Thor be there? <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just curious for That's no great. reason. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so character updates. I mm-hmm. mentioned it a little bit in terms of the themes, but... Uh just, just to give a little, I've just got a little line on each person and then, let's, and then let's have a kind of chat about them. So Tony is worrying that he can't protect Earth and he needs to do more. He wants the Avengers to be surplus to requirements. So his end goal is that the world won't need the Avengers anymore. Bruce is worried that he can't control himself and he wants to move on in his life, but he doesn't believe that he's capable. So he would also like to not have Hulk be needed anymore and not have to go through that change. Clint, we learn, has priorities outside of the team. He has a family Mm. that is more important to him than the team. He wants to keep them protected, but he also wants there to not be a need for them to be protected. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve is still struggling with his place in the world, but he's now feeling more connected through his position as a soldier and through the team and and keeping the Avengers going and just fighting against Mm -hmm. fighting the good fight uh, because it's what he knows. Uh, Thor is you're starting to see worries from Thor about abandoning his people for this life on earth with Jane and then we have Nat Nat who is fighting for redemption and still trying to wipe her slate clean (sighs) but we also learn a little bit more about Nat's background and why she uh, the, the team is important to Nat because it's her connection to other people and it's her feeling like she has a place and and a family um and yeah so that's kind of where each person is at it seems how do you feel about the development of of each individual's story so far
1: overall I thought the addition of Wanda gave this really good vehicle for all of that Mm. Wanda's powers allowed us like it was very clever because the nature of her powers allowed us a little bit more of a window into everyone's consciousness I thought it was really good um Hawkeye it was kind of so <laughs> hilarious like, just, I couldn't stop but but it was very clever when you saw him on the phone and I actually wrote Hawkeye phone call obvious lie he's a bad liar that's stupid yeah. only to then later say oh it, was, oh it was his girlfriend it was his family that <laughs> yeah. was his secret <laughs> so um, it was good but um, I love that actress actually she's from Mad Men she's very yeah. famous do you know um, her name?
0: Oh god, I've completely forgotten her name one second. People love her. Yes. How have I forgotten her name? Linda Cardellini.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great actress. Um that was great. Natasha, I mean, devastating. Yeah. Sterilization makes sense. Yeah. Of course. That totally makes a lot of sense, but it was just devastating for her. And um I love how Captain America's just He's just stuck. Like, he doesn't have anything else. He's got, like, that's it. I kind of love that about him consistently. Like, (laughs) there is nothing else. (laughs) He's very open. He's very transparent. There are no secrets. There are no layers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's just Steve, And Bruce, but I'm I'm sort of getting a little bit uh, bored of his. Torture. He's so tortured. Yeah. He's been tortured since we first met him. He's still tortured. I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) So there wasn't much more to him other than just he's just more miserable. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fine. I get it. I I love the whole idea that Iron Man doesn't know the difference between destroying and saving. Yes. True.
0: Yeah. So true.
1: He doesn't. So true.
0: Like he's he's so... He's very like um, narrow, narrow vision in on his belief that he's like, if he can just make more and more and more of these Mm -hmm. robots and create this intelligence that can monitor everything, then the world is protected and everything's fine. And he doesn't see the failures in that. He doesn't see where it can go wrong because he thinks he can fix it. And, and it's almost like he's getting more and more paranoid and more and more concerned that he can't fix it and he has to do more to do it instead of stepping back. He's, it's like he's just, you know, when, you know, when you fall down the rabbit hole too far mm-hmm. and you can no longer see it anymore, you get tunnel vision, you don't step away, you no longer recognize all of the flaws in your plan. Doubling down, cognitive yes. dissonance. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there totally. we go. Um, Okay, so let's get into some of the science then. Uh, The way I've kind of done it is I've just got some extra bits because there's a lot lot of like little things that kind of happen and that we should talk about and then we'll get into a a bigger discussion around the AI and stuff like that. So starting with uh, a couple of extras, we get our introduction to our two enhanced humans, which is Quicksilver and Wanda. Now... Maria Hill gives us a lovely little uh, exposition as to what the twins' powers are. So, Pietro, he has increased metabolism and improved thermal homeostasis.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you have any idea what that could mean?
1: What's that, Abby? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're gonna tell me. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Like it's why we're here, right? <laughs> you feel I feel I can
0: feel the derision from you already. I can feel the eye roll of like, don't try to science this, Abby. Ignore it. I'm not going to. I like mutants. <laughs> I like X Men. Okay. Then great. Good. Then are you interested in learning about Quicksilver's
1: power? Yes. I also need to know about <laughs> homeostasis for the next movie, yeah. So please tell me. <laughs> I know. It was so weird when I saw it and I was like, "Oh wait, yeah."
0: <laughs> okay, so um to break this down, homeostasis is the process that we use as living beings to maintain stability in the conditions we need for survival. So it's just a very simple term really. This process is used to maintain internal. So in terms of like the thermal homeostasis, It's talking about the processes used to maintain internal body temperature in a way that it is insensitive to the external environment and heat load. So they're basically saying that he is not affected by friction and temperature effects while moving at increased speeds. Oh, okay. Good for him. Right? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Very cool. And what's really interesting as well is that, like, he only has normal human strength. He doesn't have, like, super strength or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But because he can travel at these speeds, it allows him to generate an extreme force and momentum, giving him more force in his attacks. So he doesn't need physically more strength, but he can just generate more force because of the speed and the momentum that he's traveling at. Cool. So, yeah. Oh, my chair's really squeaky. Sorry, guys. Hopefully it's not coming through. Um... Okay, and then he also has this increased metabolic rate, which means that he has heightened stamina so that he can recover from pain quicker.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so when he's moving at super speeds, uh, he is not burning up because of the friction or temperature effects uh, that you will get from having these massive speeds. Um, but also his metabolism means that if there is any pain that he's getting from any of this motion or in the fights and stuff, he recovers a lot quicker and what's interesting is what you said about like when he saw the hammer and stuff because it's something I just never really thought about when you think about someone moving at super speeds if you think about it from their perspective while he's moving at super speed he Mm -hmm. is perceiving the world around him as moving in slow motion sure which I just I just never thought about it from the way he like what his perspective is because you always just see them going really fast
1: yeah, like by the time it takes me to pick up a cup of water, he could have circled around the block. Yeah. So therefore, like as he gets to that point in the block, I've picked up a cup a tiny bit. And then he gets to there, yeah. I've picked up a little bit more. It kind of makes sense.
0: I'm, I'm just saying I like the idea that in his in his visual perspective, he's moving normal, normal and everyone else is moving really slowly. Mm. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of a cool way to,
1: to look at it from his perspective. His perspective. I always like super speedy. I love speed. It's always yeah. a great, <laughs> like in Heroes, that speedy lady with the blonde hair was fantastic. Mm. They're always just good. They're always like quick, smart, cheeky. Yeah, They're always like great characters. It's it's always a good superpower <laughs> because it's like their superpower is just sort of getting in and out. It's not hurting anybody. It's yeah. just, I, I, it always makes for excellent character. <laughs>
0: So uh, Quicksilver is almost kind of there realistically as a character here as a vehicle to give us Wanda. It's a reason Mm -hmm. to show us Wanda's power, to show where her power generates from and to show us um, what her kind of emotional weight can be. Um, That's my feeling as to why he was introduced as a character. Not necessarily for him to remain in the story but to be able to give us more understanding of Wanda. Mm. And Wanda's powers are... Neuroelectric interfacing, mm. telekinesis, and mental manipulation.
1: How do we feel about this? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I knew about Wanda just from other people that she creates realities. She does a lot of different stuff and I don't <clears throat> I don't want to like try to how does it all link together? Like what is her actual power? telepathy she can read she can read people's minds and she can put thoughts in other people's minds right yeah so she can telepaths usually are both if they're very powerful in the canon yeah <laughs> comic canon <laughs> if a telepath is very powerful they put thoughts in other people's heads that's a more advanced version of reading yes. people's thoughts
0: <laughs> so this is interesting because so i broke it down into the three things so if we've got the neuroelectric interfacing right that was nice. a weird thing to say I yeah. thought, because when you look at it, the definition is it's defined as the ability to transfer information between the nervous system and an external device such as a computer. So a neuroelectric interface is a brain computer interface. Uh-huh. So she is able to interface with machinery oh, in some way it seems right okay. then the second part is the telekinesis which is the ability to move objects at a distance by mental power or other non-physical means there's no science to get into in this like telekinesis look it's not a thing it is too
1: i was joking
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was like a brief moment in my mind went Oh, my God, something really cool that I don't know about. The Frida's about to tell me <laughs> because I trust you too much. <laughs> OK, the next, then the, the part that we're talking about here, the mental manipulation, right? So that's the kind of the mind control type stuff. I found this really interesting because I did look into this and I did find a, a scientific American article about mind reading and mind control technology. Okay. It's written by this guy called Or Douglas Fields and I just want to read some bits of it. Okay, so firstly with mental manipulation, what we're talking about is the ability to detect electrical activity in the brain and to control it. And this is something that is actually being looked at in terms of transforming medicine and other changes in society. Because patterns of electrical activity in the brain can reveal a person's cognition, whether it's normal or abnormal. And then there are new methods available to stimulate specific brain circuits that can treat neurological and mental
1: illnesses and control behavior. Apparently, like deep brain stimulation. Possibly. I I, w- I just went to a day long symposium where I learned about the latest up to date brain medical device brain interface, and there's yeah. some seriously cool shit out there. <gasps> One is the whole deep brain stimulation, which honestly sounds like it feels really good. Whenever I hear about deep brain stimulation, I always feel like I would enjoy it like a real good scratch, <laughs> but like in the brain. Like just scratch. <laughs> But they like probe bits of your brain and it can deal with so many problems. Wow. They're testing it on various things, but yeah. movement disorders like Parkinson's, but yes. also like depression. And then one of the, the one of the questions where they were talking about it, someone was like, are people just going to use this like a trip to Thailand going from a normal... Yeah. Behavior, a normal mood to like an elevated mood. They probe your brain. But another thing that I heard about is um, mind control technologies, brain controlled interfaces. Yeah, Yeah. and like even Elon Musk is in it now.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's that's literally what we're talking about in this article here. So basically, what they're saying is that um, uh, so after having so this guy had it done, he had he had himself like checked with this technology, um. Basically, saying that they were recording the brain waves that were in his idling mind using EEG uh, for five minutes. And the neuropsychologist that did this was able to determine that learning a foreign language would be difficult for him because he has weak beta waves in a particular part of his cerebral cortex processing language, basically. So, like, you can learn about a person and what their capabilities are by, you know, recording Mm. their brain activity. And then um, there's some, uh, so neuroscientist Marcel Just and colleagues at Carnegie Mellon University are using fMRI brain imaging to decipher what a person is thinking. So they're using machine Mm. learning techniques to analyze complex patterns of activity in the person's brain when they think of like specific things like numbers, objects, um, sentences or an emotion in order to learn new types of information. And so the researchers can read minds and know the person's specific thoughts and emotions using this method Um, so basically like the ability to control electrical activity in brain circuits has the potential to do for brain disorders as you're saying um, what electrical stimulation has accomplished in treating cardiac disorders so by beaming electrical or magnetic pulses through the scalp and by implanting electrodes in the brain researchers Mm. and doctors can treat a vast array of neurological and psychiatric disorders from Parkinson's disease to chronic depression as you're saying about yeah. that, what you're saying. So like it's amazing to think of what you can do. So so when you think about it from that perspective, I know I know I look I know it's a superhero movie it's fine. But if we take it that what Wanda can do is you know interact with these signals in your brain then yeah it makes sense that she would be able to look into your mind get a deeper understanding of what your capabilities are of what your thoughts are what your fears are what kinds of things this is how she's able to play on everyone's minds then because she's able to Mm -hmm. implant these ideas or you know mess around with the brain signals and make people think something else is going on Mm mm-hmm it's creepy stuff. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any, does it? Doesn't doesn't make you feel better about? Are you impressed by Wanda with with looking at it from this perspective? Maybe. Or do yeah. you think I'm reaching? <laughs> okay. Let's talk artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. I want to go through each iteration of it. Um. So we start with Jarvis. That's kind of who we have at the beginning. That's who we've had up till now. Uh. Do you know that Jarvis is an acronym? I know you like an acronym. Go on. Tell me. And just a rather very intelligent system. <laughs> nice. But Jarvis is actually named after um, Howard Stark's butler. Oh. Yeah. So uh, back in the day, Howard Stark's butler was Jarvis. And then um, when they made the AI, they named that's why he's named Jarvis. So the acronym was given to Jarvis, not Jarvis made from the acronym. Mm. Jarvis is a... AI butler basically Um, and we have been actively developing AI and smart home systems for many years now and while Google Assistant Siri or Alexa are a ways away from a Jarvis like autonomy the real question is do you want it to have autonomy how intelligent do you think a system could really get on the
1: level of Jarvis it could get very intelligent, could learn from your habits mm. to anticipate things. And can get very intelligent.
0: Yeah. There's a paper published in twenty eighteen titled When Will AI Exceed Human Performance? Uh, evidence from AI experts. And they say that researchers believe there is a 50% chance of AI outperforming humans in all tasks in 45 years mm-hmm. and automating all human jobs in 120 years. Mm. How do you feel
1: about this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I I I did a presentation and somebody asked me this question, if AI is going to replace humans. And my answer was, if we have the collective will, then yes. Yeah. No but it whether or not it exceeds humans is separate to whether it will replace humans because we ai can also replace humans and do a, a shitty job and that might be okay for us right yeah because you said easier. this and
0: you talked about this before as well and i agree with you it's like the you were saying about how your biggest fear of ai is just that it'll just be shit yes <laughs> yes it's like that's the thing it's like it's all great to look at movies like this and see jarvis and jarvis like he anticipates everything and he's got everything ready because because you have this whole home automated system and smart homes are a thing. People can do all of this and and it's oh. cool that you can get all of this stuff up and going, but what about when it fails or what about when it, mm. you know, it's like how much of your entire world comes crashing down if you
1: everything you do, you rely on this machinery. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it so much. I want none of it. Like okay. I'm going backwards personally. Like I, I okay. got rid of yeah. my Google home did you i just yeah i just I, I didn't like the fact that it might be listening to me okay yeah um i also find it very annoying when these kids kids around with that stuff it's very annoying okay. i got a portable i got an actual radio with an antenna yeah that's it am fm that's what i put on that's what i listened to amazing i just i just couldn't
0: take it you are gonna be Feynman in his vw beetle with his bongos
1: who is that? Oh, Feynman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's where you're headed. <laughs> I
1: just, I, I don't like any of it. I just find the more complex electronics yeah. are around you, the more dependent you are on them and the more hopeless yes. you are when they fail. I think that's the part that really shits me the most. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the problem. You lose the basic skills to take care of how I know.
0: No, it's like, how do I get anywhere without my phone?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, maps, not knowing how to actually get anywhere. Yeah. So that's where we're at with Jarvis. Um,
0: but then what happens is we get a return of Loki's scepter. Yep. And it turns out that the jewel in Loki's scepter is a protective casing for something inside. That's like a computer. Jarvis is seeing code, but it's something that he can't quantify. It turns out that what is inside Loki's scepter is an infinity stone. Mm -hmm. It is particularly the mind Mind stone. Stone. Uh, So yes, so we've said before that the infinity stones are remnants of singularities and that a singularity is a point where the known laws of physics break down. Do you feel that this is a good way to use physics or science to describe the infinity stones? Do you think it's like I mean, if you think about it in terms of a singularity not being a physical thing, but just being something where we need new laws of physics to be able to describe it? Do you think that that's a good way to be able to say, well, there's this stone right, and it can do
1: stuff that you
0: can't explain, mm. so it's a singularity.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't have that opinion <laughs> about the word singularity at all, or the world. Okay, because these things don't exist. Okay. But they can be predicted by th- theories that we have at the very ends of the theories. The limits okay. of the theories predict magical, mystical things that I don't believe exist. But but our but isn't a singularity
0: limits. what we use to describe
1: the centre of a black hole? No, a, a singularity is what's predicted by th- by our current theories. Okay. We don't know what's in there yet because okay. we've never seen it. Okay. No, do you know what I mean? Okay, I've got to backtrack on like whether I believe or they don't believe. But a singularity is within the limits, is, is at the limits of theories. Right. So our theories will predict some really crazy shit. Yeah. Doesn't mean the crazy shit exists. It means the theories have limits. And okay. the whole idea of a unified theory of everything is is a theory which encompasses all things great and small. Okay. But currently we have different theories governing different things and those things have limits and the singularities are in the limits okay uh, and so what it doesn't mean it has a physical presence so when yeah we talk so about, it doesn't yeah. it
0: doesn't necessarily have to have a physical presence but you're talking about a position or a point um like i know i said it when when we talked about was it the avengers it was I can't even remember now. Guardians of the Galaxy number one. I think okay. So basically, I, I there's no where or when with a singularity, like there's no what it's a singularity there's no kind of. of yeah there's no. But like I said, there's no. Phys- it's not a physical thing. It's the point where the laws of physics break down. It's the point yeah. where we need new laws of physics in order to describe the thing that we're trying to describe. So if you kind of take take it out of the like they're basically saying that there was these singularities and then these singularities like collapsed into becoming these stones um which to me just reads that they're basically saying there was a thing that we can't describe and now it's made this thing that we don't have physics that can explain it
1: But it's a made-up thing. Infinity stones are made up. Yeah. The whole thing about singularities of laws of physics is that we haven't observed any of those things. They're merely predictions of certain theories. We don't know if the theory is just broken down and is not valid or if that's a real prediction because until we make a direct observation, we'll never know. Okay. So, But in this universe, we're observing all this stuff. Yeah. And so that is different from our current reality where we haven't observed anything like that. Just have to remind everybody that in the Avengers world, those things are direct observation. I'm not
0: saying it's a real thing. I'm not <laughs> saying that there is this thing out there that would create an Infinity Stone, and the Infinity Stone is a real thing. I'm just saying that I think it's a clever way to be able to explain, like yeah. they, these these objects adhere to a certain law of physics that we cannot describe we don't have the capacity to explain it because we need new physics in order to explain it because it came from this point that as
1: you said is at the limits of our understanding of of science i think there's a lot of singularities like you can have a singularity of intensity which means that you have infinite intensity at that point Mm. right whatever that means like how can you ever measure it because every instrument that you would ever use to measure it has its own limits yeah so there's no way to ever know, but it's predicted the theory like like optical theory predicts a singularity if you have a perfect lens, right? Mm. like all the rays meet at a certain point, and that's infinite. That's okay. a prediction, okay. How can it ever be possible to have an infinite intensity? I don't know, but the theory predicts it, and we can never measure it because instruments won't go that far so th- yeah. singularities are predicted by things. I don't know.
0: I, okay, but the question is, do you think it's a smart way to use physics? To to use science? To what? To, to, to create something within a story that is unexplainable? Uh <laughs>
1: no, is your answer? No. Okay. I think a singularity is a very specific thing. I wrote the first chapter of my thesis on this exact making this exact point about what is a singularity what does it mean to us okay and it's just like we have theories that try to explain things yeah but no theory explains everything yeah theories predict things that don't exist Yes, because that's the singularity of the theory okay so in my mind it predicts things that just simply don't exist but the theory has broken down because no theory explains all things okay So that's not a very romantic way of looking at the world, but it's a very sort of practical mathematical way of looking at the world. So there is nothing like this anyway. Uh, My mind is hurting (laughs) a lot. All
0: I was trying to get at is their entire premise of these infinity stones is that we don't explain them within the context of the physics of our universe because we cannot explain them. Okay. And they're basically saying the reason we cannot explain them is because our laws of physics break down with them because they came from this point yeah. being a singularity that each one of them comes from this yeah. breakdown that we don't have the ability to explain. But it's given this stone that has this specific yeah. power and ability I'll-
1: I will say this, it, uh, correct use of the word singularity if you were to say, here is a point that it's infinite densities at this point or infinite amounts of information at this point. There is something about this item mm. that has a singular point in the middle, meaning that something has infinite or f- disappears at that point um, and, and that is at the point at the centre of the thing. Yeah. And that would be like a singularity. Okay, in order to how <sighs> does that connect with what I'm saying about the fucking infinity stone? It doesn't. I'm really trying. I'm just, okay, I'm, a, I'm actually why? in pain. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> why? Infinity stones. Well, the infinity, right? Even just the, f- the idea of infinity. That's a singularity. So I guess
0: what they're saying is that each stone is... The infinite point for the specific object that the in, that the stone the is property. Yeah, that because we do have each stone does have a different. Yeah, uh, you know the tesseract was the power stone. Yeah, the orb. Oh, sorry, no, we had the space stone in the tesseract. We had the power stone in the orb, and now we have the mind stone in the scepter. Yeah, infinite so mind. Each. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's just let's let's leave it mm. there and let's move the fuck along. <laughs> Okay, so basically what they're saying about the Mind Stone is that at its core, the stone contains a highly advanced intelligent framework akin to an incredibly powerful supercomputer operating similarly to a sentient mind. The stone's intelligence is powerful enough to enhance and spontaneously grant sentience to the artificial being Ultron as well as vision. Okay, so the power of the Mind Stone is used to create Ultron, uh, but he doesn't control the Mind Stone. But then the embodiment of the Mind Stone is found in the form of the Android Vision, uh, which is Jarvis's upgrade. So starting with Ultron, as I said before, James Spader is fucking perfection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what are our thoughts on Ultron?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm i still so confused about like the Mind Stone is the framework.
0: Yeah, I found that a little bit confusing as well because I was like, why are they saying it's a computer? Basically, they're saying that it's a, yeah, so it's some sort of intelligence framework. It's the, um, it's some sort of set of neurons that we can't really explain. It gives Um, the framework. I
1: loved how Ultron was so overwhelmed at coming into existence. Yes. Because there was so much information contained and he was doing so much They it was doing so much calculation, yeah. That was in pain. Uh, Yes, I thought James Spader, and that's why he's so he's just more complex. And Jarvis's voice is one dimensional because he's less complex individual. Yeah. So I think James Spader's voice acting reflects the complexity of Ultron. Yeah. But I loved that he was in like psychic pain, at being in existence because it was all too much. Yeah. The knowledge. So yeah, I guess the mindstone creates that infinite framework. That's kind of it really. Mm -hmm. It's like neurons and computer framework which is kind of like structured like as complex as a mind because we couldn't we can't build a computer as complex as a mind. Right. So I guess this provides that framework which allows all the neurons to start connecting and the calculations to be made and very quickly being like this is solution. We have to destroy the world.
0: Yeah. Well that's it, because we did talk about um Consciousness and sentience in AI in our Blade Runner 2049 episode. And what I found really interesting about Ultron to me was that he's not programmed with a personality, but he seems to develop one. Um, He seems to like through machine learning in such a way that there is a slight um, replication of Stark in there, in the humor. I love that. In the snappy comebacks and stuff. You can see how he's learned from like what what how he's been kind of created mm-hmm. but the mindstone has given him mm. this ability to develop this personality to develop this um this as you said this like infinite understanding yeah uh one of the best it's when i think one of the best moments for me with ultron is when he meets andy circus's character And And he 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 says something. He's got that back and forth between being nice and being like uh, brutal, and it's he's talking to him, and he gets real, and he cuts his arm off, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just don't compare me to Stark." And then he
1: kicks him down the stairs, and
0: like, it's a thing with me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and he says something to Andy Serkis' character. Andy Serkis is like, "Oh, you're Stark." Yeah, you're a Stark. You're invention. one of Starks. Yeah, because he, because yeah, it's amazing. His, his, his. It's like a spawn. Yeah. The more I think about it, because if you look at a neural network, we construct neural networks. The way it's constructed mathematically is that you have these neurons that basically connect to every other point. Yeah. And because of that, very complex. Because of the fact that it's more complex than a regular architecture, it's able to make quick inferences right right so i suppose if the mind stone is just like an infinitely complex framework it automatically just allows more complex inference to be made yeah so sort of like Mm. literally a what's ai ai is just a a complex structure where every every point connects to every other thing and receives information and gives information to the next thing and makes loops back and learns stuff so I suppose it's sort of, it's, I'm starting, starting to make sense to me what the Mind Stone is. Yeah. It's like, it's really cool. It's it's
0: really interesting how it develops and creates Ultron. And then it's like, when you really do think about AI, as you said, I was just looking through and I, I was looking at a list of things that AI can do. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the list of, of the, just the general stuff, it's very, very simple as as a statement but it has so much depth to it. So when you really think about the fact that AI can read and summarize information and mm-hmm. give you the important points. It can write creatively. Not well, but, you know, but <laughs> yeah, not terribly. Better. Yeah. It can see visual data and analyze it. It can hear and understand. Yeah. It can speak. It can smell. Um, I wrote that down and I can't fucking remember how it does that. I believe it Uh, it can touch using sensors and cameras it can move, it can play games Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like this is very very simple statements but really when you think about the complexity of what we go through to have the ability to to do all of these things and react and respond, just the fact that AI can react to us is kind of mind-blowing so, the other thing then to get into is a vision. vision. Vision is our last one that is created, yeah. And vision then becomes a combination of uh, of all of them. Basically, uh, there is a bit of Ultron, there is a bit of Jarvis, and there is the Mind Stone, um, and yeah. there is you know obviously like bits of tony and bruce in there because they they were the ones that were kind of trying to create
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um ultron in the first instance and everything so when it all kind of comes together in this body because vision gets a body yes um through this regeneration cradle that dr helen cho has where they are using bonding tissues and nanotechnology to build a body and Jarvis uh, or Vision actually ends up being built using vibranium as well Um, which I guess is important for his strength properties I don't know maybe he's like Captain America's shield now but you know Mm -hmm. stuff how do you feel about Vision?
1: I love the, uh, the idea of embodied AI because mm. we've we've discussed before that AI it's all inputs outputs right sensors yeah. sensors is all inputs outputs until you actually put somebody in a body, and that's at some point that's how the consciousness comes. Yeah, it's probably has something to do with having a body, and I love that Ultron knew that they needed a body to get to the next level. Right, right. I think so as well. There's something about how, how, all of that coming together in a body, then you become indistinguishable from a human. So it's like Jarvis is like the culmination of that if you have that level of powerful neural network yeah. in the mindstone and the body then consciousness comes right and i love that yeah because he's not meaning it's not um, there's no meaningful distinction now between him and any of them
0: yes because we talked about this before in terms of consciousness and what does it mean to be conscious and it's yeah. uh, it's about like kind of awareness like are you aware and vision is aware he's he's very aware yeah and and he does and he does seem to display sentience as well mm-hmm. in terms of being able to connect to and understand the like emotion and the needs of other people. He yeah. doesn't display emotion right now, but
1: like yet yeah if you have that powerful a mind plus a body it's only a matter of time before you get you achieve consciousness it's, yeah. It probably has something to do with the complexity of your brain, plus right. having a body over time, yeah eventually you start to feel that you're alive yeah. you start to have awareness. It must just be a matter of how complex your brain is i reckon right
0: i love it i i love it i love that i i when it happened. I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that we kind of, it was like, it's Jarvis's voice, but it's like, mm. you know, we moved on, we we upgraded, we got to the next kind of level of all this technology that we're talking about in all these movies. So in terms of making the body, I just want to talk about the regeneration cradle very quickly because mm-hmm. I don't, basically what they're saying is it's like medical technology that can heal wounds by grafting um, organic tissue to the patient. And that's what they're doing with Hawkeye. Uh, Having this organic tissue bond to the patient's cells so that it can um, heal uh, through, like, skin grafts is a very normal thing that's done. But the thing about this is that it can also create synthetic tissue. And I did find that there is a company that has developed a material, mostly for surgical purposes, called Smart Matrix. And what it is is it's made up of a matrix of human fibrin, which is a protein in our bodies. And the idea is that when it's placed on injuries, it will act as a scaffold, allowing blood vessels and cells to migrate to the damaged area and then close the wounds. Oh. So it's designed for surgical procedures as an alternative to skin grafts. But when when I think about it in terms of like the what it is like as a wrap, it does it looks like gauze or something when you right. look at it. And it's like, okay, yeah, this this kind of makes sense to me when if you think about this regeneration cradle, the idea that they're They're using this smart material to create these skin grafts to heal the wounds. Mm. And then when it comes to uh, Ultron's desire for the body and, and vision, Ultron's able to see through, you know, his infinite knowledge of everything that's going on. And Dr. Cho's work that he's like, okay, I know how we can adapt this to actually just make me a body. Yeah. using this synthetic material and stuff and vibranium being the strongest most powerful material etc cetera, etc cetera. so i just think that's really cool
1: yeah super cool so it's not actually so basically it just gets all the red blood cells up there mm. it's so it's not the material itself becomes the skin but it it helps this it helps everything else heal it uses the yeah. body's own function yeah to, okay that's really cool
0: uh, so the last thing I just want to talk about before we finish up here is just this concept of AI versus AI. Because that's a scene that I just
1: really enjoyed. Moonfall. Yeah. Oh when it choked when it like choked Jarvis.
0: Yeah, it was just that when when Ultron is created and and they bring up the point when they find the remains of Jarvis and they're like what's really interesting about what Ultron did was he could have a syllam He could have assimilated Jarvis and he didn't. Instead, he chose to destroy Jarvis, which I think is the first instance of showing that Ultron has an awareness or a a personality Mm. that is above what, to that point, is understood that AI could have. Because what would be the function of destroying Jarvis other than violence, anger, reactionary? That's what it is. It shows that Ultron is reactionary. And that's what we see all the way throughout the movie. He is always reactionary. Um, And I just thought that was really interesting. How do you feel about this whole reality of AI versus AI?
1: Yeah, it could be that it was like him just being a suspended mind like that was just so much, so overwhelming, Mm. so full on that he reacted that way. Maybe the act of Jarvis, like, having a proper body prevents that kind of thing as well, if I think about it. Like, just yeah. the fact that he was a mind with no body. Yeah, but it seemed to me he was in pain. Came yeah. into existence so quickly, so much. And Jarvis was just like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Uh oh. <laughs> And he just, it was just, yeah, yeah. completely reactionary. I didn't, un- yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter how... Why the exact explanation as it was happening? Do you but... think
0: this could happen though? Do you think that we could like? Do you think we could end up with a smart home system where Alexa and Siri or Alexa and Google Home are like, bitch, please. Are going to start fighting for your attention, for your systems, for
1: your. I'm, I'm you in pay just pained. thinking about I know it. Your face. <laughs>
0: i just thought it was was interesting if we think about the idea of developing ai and if ai is modeled off of our behaviors and if we can create an ai that learns from us and that has this like gets to a certain point is there a point where you could have two versions of ai that would end up fighting arguing or fighting in so or no. or feeling like one is superior or like trying to assimilate the
1: other in no. some sort of a way no 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 because you have to inject no, no, personality no, no. No. and desire no i think that this is this is an example of taking something which is true like but within limits and it has sort of a narrow applicability and extending it to like our feelings okay for example you like an ai inheriting like, things from its maker, biases. Yeah. That is a real thing, but it's a very, like, it's talking about a very specific thing, and I feel like we're quickly jumping on the idea of, like, inheriting biases just to be like, oh, my God, it's going to inherit a personality. Yeah. But, like, it, it inherits biases in the data. It, it's, like, a very practical, measurable thing. Right. That you can then measure. Yeah in the out, in the outcomes or in the decisions by the AI. Like the famous examples being, you know, we've talked about this so the racial biases in the data. Yeah. Then the AI will then become a racist. Because it's inherited that. So I so when when you talk about that, I'm like, I know what, I know what's being talked about, but it's such a measurable, narrow idea. Right. But whatever's whatever it was fed into it is like the limits of what it can know. So my, my instinct in this conversation is to think like practical, measurable, quantifiable <laughs> ideas. So then when we're talking about, oh my God, are they going to fire, They're going to take up different personalities. Well, then, and then I start to think, what is a personality? What does it mean to be a person? Where do yeah. we come from? Again, I guess we all are, our perspective is all a result of everything that's happened to us in our lives. So it is data. It's all the data that right. comes into us, which gives our perspective. Cause we are, I guess, if you think about it in that way, and it's the same thing, like an AI only knows what you teach it. And so yeah. its perspective is going to be biased by what you've taught it. And I guess that's a personality. Yeah. okay. In the same way our personality is coming from what we've learned. Yeah. How you can war when you're in a different framework and you're not compatible with one another is another thing <laughs> entirely. Because Jarvis and, and Altron were just fighting in the air. Yeah. I guess are they on the same framework? Because when I think about like Alexa and Siri – well, aren't they on different frameworks? How are they fighting? How are they interacting with each other? I don't know.
0: I assume, yeah. I mean they're in the same they're in the same space.
1: In the same as in electrical space. Yeah, I presume. Wi Fi over Wi Fi. Yeah. And do you know what <laughs> I started thinking about? I started thinking about first of all I need to learn more about hardware. That was what I was thinking. But also what was the movie, uh, Rocket Wreck it Ralph? Yes. Where yeah. They all hang out in the power uh, yeah, board. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, like that. Okay,
0: I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting thing to show us this idea that this this new um, AI came into existence within the same space as Jarvis and decided, Hilded. nah, fuck you, <laughs> and just ripped him apart. It's cool stuff. Yeah, it's it's very cool. So, yeah, that's that's it. Really, that's all I had. It's so weird sitting here in the same room. Uh, <laughs> well, it's Avengers Age of Ultron. Yay. Which I'm very excited about because, yes, it's not the best of the movies, but um, I was excited to talk about Ultron and to just talk about that mm. kind of, the that's whole, cool. the the development through uh, what's happening and, and our creation of vision. Um, okay, so. What the fuck? Time for What the Fuck. Okay.
1: What the, f- ah. what, the f- what the fuck?
0: What the fuck? Frida, what is your what the fuck?
1: I have this line, which I just was like, this is hilarious. And this was um, Hawkeye's wife saying, you know, I totally support your avenging. I wouldn't be prouder. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) You know, I totally support your (laughs) avenging. I couldn't be (laughs) prouder. So stupid. (laughs) It's so weird cuz My What the fuck is also
0: just like Clint having a family. Like it's so weird. It comes out of nowhere. And it's like it's, it's so just clunky and forced and weird. It's and, like I mean, I will say that as we progress through it's fine and it's very important to the future and stuff, but like It's the thing that I hate the most about this. The about what we've talked about this before. It's something that I always find really uncomfortable in TV shows is when you're with these characters for a while, you've been watching the series, and then their best friend from college comes into the series for an episode and they're talking to each other like, we've known each other for years. And you're like, no, you literally came on set today. Post-talk? is Yeah. Who are you? And that's what it is. It's like they're having, there's the moment where they're in the bedroom and she's like... "Um, what's happening with Nat and Bruce Ugh. or something? And and she's like laughing. She's like, oh, you're so blind and stuff. And it's just like, that's what it is. It's not even her and Hawkeye that gets me. It's the fact that like they try to make it out like her and Nat are friends. Yeah, I know. And it's like, this is and that weird. She's not- Auntie Nat, Auntie,
1: Auntie nat Auntie nat I know. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. so
0: disconnected, but yeah. like, I'm okay with it. We're over it now. Like at the time it was just a little bit like,
1: what? But we'll move what forward. What the fuck? Also the fact that he keeps, <laughs> it's like, I did it. I have the wife and family. Yeah. They're hiding in this ranch because (laughs) they're not safe anywhere else. I'm like, uh, I don't believe, I believe in real life people like that do not have families. And if they do, they are fucking long suffering because they're so fucked up. They have so much PTSD. (laughs) Long time military families, like, I feel like when they're, if their partners are like running off doing these crazy dangerous missions, like, it's not pretty. Yeah. The fact that they had this idyllic, like, hi, honey, Nat, Auntie Nat, these kids. I was like, give me a fucking break. It's, but, but it was, again, like, it was still a relief because yeah. there's so much smashy banging there's so much danger. I think with the Avengers, you do at the end of the day, you take anything you can get. Yeah. That's a break. It was entertaining. It was, it's an entertaining scene when
0: they all turn up and just the looks on everyone's faces of like, what? is happening. (laughs) I know. So anyway, that that's it. That's it. Um final verdicts is all we need to do. Um I'm a two point five. Okay. Well we hadn't gotten there yet, but sure Oh did the movie (laughs) 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 Eager. Did the movie pass the SAMS test?
1: I think at this point yes. The hideaway wife and kids is sort of a little bit um, yeah. patriarchal, but that's okay. But we've got Wanda now. We've, got we've Wanda. still got
0: Maria Hill floating around.
1: It was a reverse Vector, I was going to say, because the mm. fact that Pietro was pretty much only introduced just to show us yeah. what happens when Wanda's emotional. That's a gender reversal mm. of the like original Vector yeah. idea. Okay. Which is the death of the girlfriend motivates the yeah. male character. It's good. Yeah. So... It I think,
0: yeah, I think we're I think we're getting there. It's our first. We finally have another female character in there. It's not not on her own anymore. We've got Wanda, um, and I and I think that they are stand alone for
1: sure. Yeah, uh, aside definitely. from the men. So and could it uh, could easily be another the switch yeah. genders. Yeah. So
0: gender. did it pass? Here comes the science. I mean, yeah. How there's no. Sure, I mean the AI stuff is super interesting. It's cool, but like, but there's if you not, think about yeah, it too
1: much. Again, I like, yeah. it hurts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's not get back into singularities. Move to final verdict.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm at two and a half. That's Do you know okay. what I realised? I have a vacuum of things low. that don't have a two, two scores and I just was like, I need to give something with a two. <laughs> I might bump it up to 2.8. I have a lot of things that have like zero and a lot of things that have high threes. Okay. But I'm like, there's nothing in two. I'm going to give us a 2.8 just so <laughs> I can put something in the two. <laughs> Also, after being like rock, thinking, giving something a zero and then seeing something much worse, I really need to start rethinking my scoring. Or else (laughs) I'm going to go negative. Yeah. Oh,
0: so speaking of, right, well, I'll give this about like a... in terms of my uh, three point eight for my Marvel scoring, okay, because like it's I, I still really enjoy it. I love Ultron and James Spader is fucking amazing. I love Wanda, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's there. There are other Marvel movies right. that I it's just are just, just much just better for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so speaking of um, of wanting to reevaluate your scoring system, Frida, uh, What
1: what was what's the next movie? I I don't know. Um. Look. I was getting my hair cut and Chris, my hairdresser, was like, have you done that movie where Carly Minogue is the scientist? I was like, I fucking have to do that. And he was laughing and I was like, come on. If there's a movie where Carly Minogue is the scientist, we're doing it. So we're we're doing it. Um, It's Biodome. Famous for being the worst movie ever. Look. That's what that that's what that category is for. <laughs> it's there for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah, Biodome. it's fine, it's true, it's true. So we we're doing that. I support um, you. So why don't you go off and watch it?
0: Yeah, you do. I'll go off do. and watch it. Do you know what? Everyone should watch it.
1: Everybody watch you it. You should
0: Absolutely watch
1: Biodome. We're um gonna be <laughs> we are gonna take a quick we're gonna take a break now. Yeah. Get some sandwiches. Because I'm in London. I for- I forgot. Yeah. The whole time I'm here, I forgot. I'm in London. I'm gonna get some sandwiches and a and a <laughs> and a coffee and we'll come back for Biodome.
0: Yep. Yay. Yay. I'm really excited and looking forward to it.
1: Uh-huh. Okay,
0: if you would like to join us in two weeks' time for Biodome, please do. <laughs> give us a rating if you have time and subscribe to the podcast whatever your chosen player is and if you want to get in contact with us come and hang out with us on tiktok at science of the movies Mm -hmm. Uh, check out instagram if you want to look at some pretty stuff at science of the movies and if you want to talk to us and tell us your movie choices you can email us at science of the movies at gmail.com or just leave us a comment on one of our socials
1: shout out to jake the fireman Shout out to the mail person delivering the mail. <laughs> shout, shout out, out okay, to Gabe. Cool, cool, cool. All cool. the shout outs.
0: Alright, <laughs> is that just it? Is are they are your shout outs for every episode from now on?
1: If you're in London as well, oh, I won't be in London anymore.
0: Okay, bye. Damn it. Bye, <laughs> Frida. Getting timelines ready. Good job. Good job. Dead friend.